and good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And if you've been with us all week, you know today is part three of the discussion between myself and Adam Denker of the Locked On Lightning podcast. Uh, a two-hour-plus discussion that we had that was only intended to be for one episode. But um, if you have come this far, maybe you're willing to go a little bit further. And uh, you could you could see why this conversation just kept going and going and going because we had a lot to say. We haven't really been able to talk a lot of hockey and on-ice stuff in a very long time. So while we didn't anticipate it, it happened, and it was uh, one of the best hockey conversations that both of us have had in a very, very long time. So uh, we are going to get to that in a second, but follow the show on social medias on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche, and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, anything that's on your mind to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Before we jump into part three of the discussion, and part four and the last part will be tomorrow. That episode will be a little bit longer, which I don't really want to do, but uh, it's either break the last part up into really small, small segments or a little bit longer. So that episode tomorrow might be like in the 40-minute range. Uh, but I figured with it being Friday, finish it off on a Friday, and... Uh, get back to you know regular five days a week with my own show uh next monday so tomorrow will be the last episode but before we get to part three today a uh, minor update on cal mccarr he went out with that mysterious injury which pretty much any injury anybody has right now is going to be mysterious and you're going to get the ever so awesome unfit to play or unfit to practice um, and I didn't know this, but the reason why I knew it was in the new CBA of, of that's why, you know, th- that's that's going to be the official designation for for any injury. But I didn't know it was because of coronavirus. Um, and, and it kind of makes sense when, when you think about that. It was because players didn't want people knowing if they were not playing because of an injury or because of they had tested positive. So. You can't go back to upper body injury, lower body injury. You just have to say unfit to play. And that kind of encompasses everything, coronavirus included. So that's why they did that, which is, I thought it was interesting. But um, Nathan McKinnon gave his Zoom conference. And he was asked, obviously, because reporters are not allowed into the locker room. So they will ask anybody that's on these calls about anybody else even if it's not about the player that they're interviewing. And that's exactly what happened with Nathan McKinnon. They did ask him, you know, what do you think about Kale McCarr? Is he okay? And his response was, I think he'll be okay. I think he'll be healthy soon. And I think he'll be he'll be ready to play. And that was pretty, pretty much the long and the short of it. So we don't know what the injury is in terms of its specifics. But, um, you know, this is Nathan McKinnon who... 
probably talks to Kale McCarr on a daily basis and kind of has a good insight as to how he is feeling. So uh, I don't think if he was if he was not close to returning, I don't think Nathan McKinnon would have said that. I think Nathan McKinnon would have given the roundabout, we'll see, uh, he, he looks okay, he's feeling okay, or whatever You know, he would say to get around the question. But he said, I think he'll be healthy. I think he'll be healthy soon. So they're at this point, they're probably just being precaution, taking precaution over it and not returning him to play right now. So we'll see if we have more, more updates on that as the days goes on. Obviously, I'll talk about it. So before we jump into part three of the discussion with Adam, very quickly, once again, visit rockauto.com if you are working on your car. Any part, pick a random part. Almost guaranteed rockauto.com has it and almost guaranteed they have it at a low, low price, lower than anywhere else you could probably check. So working on the car, rockauto.com. There is a part in the checkout where it says, how did you hear from us? Just type in locked on. So here we get back to the conversation with Adam. And uh, again, talking mainly about our teams in the Avalanche and the Lightning. Get into the award ceremony that's coming up and uh, some more kind of like AHL players and kind of like surprise players and things like that today. So again, uh, a very wide-ranging discussion that he and I had. So let's get to it and enjoy. Um, but yeah, I, at least, you know, in the meantime, what we do know is, you know, you, you, some of your players are going to be going home possibly with some hardware. Some yeah. of my guys might be capturing some hardware. Um, let's talk about the call, uh, the Calder real quick, mm-hmm. uh, with your boy, the Calder. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I, before we start recording, I was telling you how, like, imp- I saw him play, uh, a couple of times this year and just how impressive he was you know it's one thing to see highlights of this guy um, online and read about him online but to watch a full game and how you know he was going out there playing like he's been in the league for three four years already right yeah um, <clears throat> there was so much hype going into the season where sometimes maybe they under they're uh, they're oversold and you know I think he was possibly undersold what do you think about you know, Cal McCarr is yeah. projected as to how he actually played. Uh, he I, I, just to look at him, he's so like unassuming. He's so like, he just has that like, you know, baby face features. Yeah, and you're he, like, he I'm looks going to blow over this guy. Like who, who's this guy that's going to get in my way? Yeah. He looks it, like he's like fresh out of high school. He it's, does. Yeah. And um, he's only 21. And so he doesn't even have like his full like hockey body yet. Yeah, um, that's a scary thing. Is that it like is. these guys are so young and they're already performing at the level they're performing, and yet they're technically still really growing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and for him, it's it's just really, really scary to to kind of predict what this guy is going to be in, you know, five years. Yeah. Um, yeah. When when you when you, there's there's certain guys that kind of just like jump off the screen like you know McDavid and McKinnon and guys like that um and Kale McCard kind of does it in another way he just is so like slick on it like you know McKinnon just shoots out of a barrel 
And Makar is just, he, he is fast. I mean, he's not McKinnon fast. He is fast. Yeah. Fast for a defenseman. For a defenseman. Yeah. Um, and you don't necessarily kind of like see that in his game. And, and before you, you know it, you're like, oh my God, he got into the offensive zone. Like, yeah, that was actually pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and his edge work on his uh, skates is just like nothing I've ever seen. He doesn't have ankles, dude. I don't know how <laughs> he stands up straight. Um, and he, he can take shots from angles that I've never seen before. Um, he is just facing in one direction and he will just rip it to the far side of the net. And you're like, how did you even learn to practice that? Yeah. Uh, it's almost like, you know, like, like, uh, ski jumpers, yeah. you know, it's like, at what point in life did you say, I'm going to try this? And it's yeah. almost like Camel Car is like, I'm going to try this shot from this angle and, you know, be down almost on my knees while I do it. And you're like, what are you doing? And it's just, and he, and he nails it every time. Yeah. It's, um, it's, he's an incredible player, but so is the other two guys. And having said that, I feel bad that, you know, they're both in the same conference as the avalanche, <laughs> uh, you know, Quinn Hughes, I've seen him play a little bit, but Dominic Kubelik is, you know, I think that him and Kane, you know, even though you said not worrying about Blackhawks, Having him yeah. and Kane on the ice together, just you know, I would not. I don't. I don't envy whoever has to play those guys. No. Yeah. And I, I've seen those were the only games I've seen him play, and him too. It's like he played very well against Colorado, um, and obviously I'm not too familiar with him because he's just starting out. But right. I knew his name at the end of the games when they played Colorado, because he he. Yeah, he gave it his all. He, yeah. He's going to be a really good player. Yeah, the Lightning had the misfortune of running into Chicago when they were going like through a very tough streak this year after mm-hmm. racking up like 11, 11 wins. And it, they went on a little slump afterwards. And I think like their second game into their five-game losing streak. Granted, you know, you would have thought how I was talking about this five-game losing streak as if they were actually on a 20-game losing streak. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was the Lightning are notorious – uh, offend, repeat offenders for starting off games slow and I believe the Blackhawks were during they they caught them they were in the middle of a winning streak as well and I'll never forget you know I knew of Kubli just like you did and then he picked up the loose puck between right in the area between I believe the left circle and the blue line and it looked like it was the quickest most unassuming snapshot I've ever seen mm. it looked like you know, you, you look at the replay and it's like, what muscles were you using? Cause you definitely didn't use your wrist or your forearms. <laughs> right. And he hit it. Like, I believe McEnany was in net, and you know, McEnany is, he could be a starter on a lot of NHL teams. And for him, even like after it got past him, it was like top shelf upper 90 of the goal. Right. And you're McEnany was looking at Kubelik, like, who is this guy? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just insane. Now, what could you say about Quinn Hughes? Now, obviously, there was a lot of hype with him, obviously, with, you know, his the Hughes hockey family. And apparently, they have another brother who's going to be better than all of them. Oh, is that right? I, that's what I <laughs> Why hear. Why is yeah. it always the, the last one to get in is better than all of them? I think, like, with I, the Manning I, family? Yeah. Like the last, I, like... <laughs> I think it, I, the Sutters. Uh, I, <laughs> I think it's just, you know, they see all the, the, the mistakes of some of the things that they're brothers may or may not be doing and they work on that you know i think it's the sibling, point yeah it's a sibling rivalry now like quinn quinn hughes and cal mccarr i believe when they were starting to make names for themselves 
I didn't believe it at first. I don't remember who said on NHL Network, but they were saying, expect these guys. I believe it was Kevin Weeks. Expect these guys to be fighting out for the Norris Trophy for the next 10 to 15 years. Uh-huh. Now, how much could you attest to, you know, you've probably watched way more Quinn Hughes maybe than I have, which is zero. So <laughs> um, they're, they're kind of similar in the fact that they're offensive minded defensemen. Yeah. And uh, Hughes, I think, ended up with 57 points. Uh, Makar ended up with 50. Granted, Makar played, I think, like 11 less games yeah. than, uh, than Quinn Hughes did. But, and that's not slighting either one of them. Just saying, like, they're both kind of like this new breed of defensemen who – and Makar said, um, you know, he prefers to be on the defense because he wants – the, he wants all of the action happening in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Quinn Hughes is that the, the same way. Um, if the season hadn't ended, I, I think he would have been Quinn Hughes. I'm talking about would have been on track for like four or five rookie records that he would have, would have made Jesus. Um, on top of, um, you know, franchise records within yeah. Vancouver. So yeah, I mean, he's right. Uh, if it was Kevin Weeks that said it, these guys, these guys are going to be battling for hardware and battling on the ice for for a long time. And yeah, and the the it, like you're saying, like all these guys are so young, which is great because you know the NHL is in really good hands with oh, its yeah. young talent. We have all these guys that are kind of like kind of going maybe on the downside of their career mm-hmm. with the Crosbys and stuff like that. But the people who are there waiting to replace them. Um, yeah. there's no drop in talent. Yeah, we're not waiting a year or two for the torch to pass at certain positions. No. Like nope. we're not waiting know, for the next LeBron to come. Oh yeah, absolutely. Him. Like you know? you know, like as Crosby is kind of winding it down, you've already had McDavid for X amount of years. You know where where maybe you you're seeing certain defensemen like Achara or Thornton. You're already seeing a, a Kyle McCarr and a Quinn Hughes popping up here and mm-hmm. there. Um, Definitely. You know, like I, now that I said that, I don't think Thornton's a defenseman. He's a center. Um, but okay. uh, <laughs> uh, but still, you know, it's, yeah. it's just one of those things where it's, it's you know, it, it's – this is probably – maybe you could think of another time, but this is probably the most uh, – the biggest amount of young talent where they're legit. It's not like these guys right. aren't going to disappear in a year or so where – that I think the league has ever seen. Now, is there maybe another time you could remember where it was, maybe it was when Crosby and Ovechkin were starting to pop up and yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And even they're saying that this crop of uh, like the top six, seven guys in this next draft. Oh yeah. The, are supposed to be even the next breed of player. So it's just a gluttony of riches right now. I think honestly. I think I think it you got to chalk it up to junior hockey. Junior hockey is so competitive these days mm. to where guys aren't even really I mean hockey NCAA hockey is so much more different. Um it's more of a obviously it's it's more of a kind of like how the Dallas Stars play. Right. And then junior hockey is just like they're just teaching you how to play in the KHL and the NHL. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and not only, and then, you know, yes, Camel Carr and Quinn Hughes are going to be going at it. But one guy that we haven't talked about for the avalanche is Bo Byram, who they got in the draft last year, who is a defenseman. 
Uh, and he he's there practicing right now. I don't think he's going to be on the final roster. I don't think mm-hmm. that he's he's gonna he's gonna cut it for this year. Um, he people are just waiting for him to get to Colorado because <clears throat> I don't know what the lines are going to be. Obviously, whenever he makes his way up, right? But if it is McCarr and Byram on the same line, it's just going to be a nightmare for other teams. Oh, the, nice. these, these two guys are so yes it could be McCarr and Quinn but you most likely will be able to add Byram to that really uh, wow. trifecta of yes it, it's going to be that that division is going to be going to add it defensively for a very very long time yeah that's <laughs> no that's great that like you guys have that that perfect balance between a win now team and then all right, you know, no pressure really because we have all this talent. Oh waiting. yeah. Whereas the Lightning, right. on the other hand, right. we, have, we have to win now <laughs> because because uh, during the trade deadline they traded their they had two first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, you know they being as how good they were with their record, they you know then again you know how deep sometimes these draft classes is you could pop, possibly get a diamond in the rough, mm-hmm. but. The Lightning, they traded their their first overall prospect and their first overall draft pick to New Jersey for Blake Coleman. Um, and then they traded the other one that they got from Vancouver uh, for, in the JT Miller trade to San Jose for, okay. for Barkley Goodrow. Um, so it's just one of those things where that's why before I placed the emphasis where this is that adds more pressure to, to Cooper. Because yeah. if you don't win now and guys are aging like a Stamkos, like a headman, you know, you're not going to have – you don't really have much waiting in the wings. Yes, you have top quality guys, but these guys aren't – these guys are more so second line forwards, second, right. pa- second pairing, possibly third pairing. Maybe uh, Volkov could be a, p- a potential first pairing defenseman. But other than that, I mean, they have – this one prospect he's he's at university of denver right now magnus krona he's 20 years old uh you know he still has another year to develop but with all the uncertainty around the ncaa coming back there he might just make the jump to the ahl um now is there any players i did a segment on today on you know my past my last show about how maybe some we might see some of these prospects making the jump earlier than expected because of the uncertainty. Is there any guys with the Avalanche that possibly could be swinging that way from college straight to the AHL instead of waiting longer than they should? Um, I, I don't think so, and I think it because it's not necessary. Right? Like they 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 are they're set up with what they have. They are they're not needing to dip into yeah. that pool. Yeah. To kind of like forcing their hand of like, well, maybe we can get hot with this guy. They have um, another guy, last name is a new hook who um, he's going back to school for a second year. He already announced it that he's going back because there's no rush for these guys to come. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, yeah. Krona, Krona is, I mean, he's literally Vasilevsky's twin brother. He's six, four, he's over 200 pounds. He's 19 years old. Um, and, but, and he has such raw talent and power. But at the same time, he he could go back. It's not going to hurt him if he goes right. back for his sophomore year. Now, guys like a, a Sammy Walker, who is the number one, who is the number nine rated prospect, he's at University of Minnesota. He's twenty two right now, I believe. So you know, some of these okay. guys might get antsy to where 
all right, I'm going to be 23 in a year at the end of, you know, next season. And he's always, he's going into his junior year now. So, whereas, you know, he might want to think about making the jump now, could that possibly not only the lightning or even like the avalanche, could you see that, you know, maybe some players getting anxious and saying, you know, I'm probably not going to have a season next year. Let me just, you know, since this team has my rights, let me just go. Even if I don't play in the playoffs, at least, you know, I'm, I'm doing something at the professional level where at least I could start getting stronger now instead of waiting another year and getting into the system and such. Do you think that could potentially hurt a lot of players going forward in their careers? Or do you think, you know, it's not going to be a big deal. It's only one year. Man, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know. It, it could, it, it's one of those things that could go either way. Um, and then, you know, as you're describing that, the one I'm thinking of is, like I said, Bo Byram, who is yeah. there practicing. Um, but I, and I think he he's there with the intent of trying to make this team. I don't think he's just there to be a body for the starters to hit. Right. You know what I mean? I think he really wants to try to make this team. Um, it's just, it's a, a uphill climb for him right now because there would be, and I said this on my show, the avalanche don't, they don't need him there right now. And if they were to put him in there because he has all the talent in the world, um, but he's not NHL ready. Uh, Mm -hmm. But if they were to put him in there and they lost a series because of mistakes he made, could the avalanche live with that? And I, Mm -hmm. the answer to that is no, because they're, they're in a position to win a Stanley cup. If they, if they were, if they were one of these teams that got in because of this is a freak postseason and you know you you're like a Montreal Canadiens team or Blackhawks team that got in because they expanded the playoffs and you wanted to try some things okay I'm I'm okay with that but I don't put him in there right now because um I don't think he's 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 ready he, he definitely will be you will hear his name over and over again mm-hmm. in the next year or two uh, but to put him in there because of you know he was a number four overall pick he was a number one defensive the defenseman picked um, and because you have such high expectations for him just to throw him in there because of that right now, when you already have a team that can, can go out and do what you want them to do mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense to me right now. Right now. Like you, that's funny that you, you brought up, you know, the teams that are weren't really expected to, to, to come and, you know, go make the playoffs at all. Um, but now they're in it, you know, just by luck. And now yeah. they're, they're kind of, I know the Canadians are the one team that they brought up, like, I think three of their top prospects there you go. and like with the intention of you guys are going to have to help us out because <laughs> we don't have much. Um, I think yeah. the, yeah. So that's, that's kind of an interesting thing now. Like got, you know, you, I could see a situation where like, especially in the playoffs, there's so much pressure where a guy could, you know, it's his first time ever playing and he totally you know falls flat on his face and they lose the series because of it and that could potentially change his career for the worse yeah or you could yeah. come out and have kind of like a tory crew kind of thing where you right. score your first you know it's just you're never gonna know but i mean it, i think just for me if i was the gm especially if it's my top prospect and there's no need to have him you know if he wants to take reps with the team that's great but you don't want to kill a guy's confidence, especially on one of the biggest stage in the game. Now, a guy that, you know, who is going to have a ton of confidence, uh, Nathan McKinnon, because he's going to have a ton of hardware potentially. (laughs) 
once the voting is concluded, he's right. in the running for not only the Ted Lindsay, but the Lady Bing. Right. Um, you know, what do you think his chances are against Leon Dreisaitl and, you know, the the black the black horse, uh, Artemi Panarin, yeah. who, who I was shocked. I mean, we all knew how good he was when he was in Columbus and Chicago. Right. But to go from the market that Columbus is, and I'm not discounting Columbus, Ohio. Sure, it's a great city, right? But you know, Columbus isn't New York. No, no. And just, yeah. to go from there and to take less money to play on Broadway and to play as well as he did is just—it's mind blowing. Like I fully expected a guy like that when I saw that he signed with the Rangers. Was I shocked that he decided to go to the Rangers instead of the Islanders? No, I think any one of us would choose the Rangers over the Islanders. Right. Um, but for him to score and to play the way he did, to take not only his level of play up to a five, but to a 10, sure. it was – now, do you think he has any real chance to really win this and beat out McKinnon and Dreisaitl, or do you think this is just a two-horse race? Well, uh, first I'll say uh, I, I'm a little annoyed that he went to the Rangers because <laughs> it, came, it came out – not even a month ago that Nathan McKinnon was pushing hard for him to come to. I, I remember there being some talk about him going or him, but there was some rumor flying it was around there. Yeah. And I was actually relieved because I was like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want this guy anywhere near the Eastern conference. I don't want him regardless if he's in another division because yeah. he's the kind of guy that it was only a matter of time with his skill set until he figured it out and put everything together. And he yeah. finally did. He did. And, and I guess, you know, he, he called Nathan McKinnon after he picked the Rangers and, and apologized. <laughs> Sorry, I, did, I didn't choose Colorado, but it sounded like Colorado was the second choice. How, uh, would, how would they have even fit him? Would he have been first line with McKinnon? And <sighs> where, where do you fit in? You know, because you I guys, <laughs> I mean, just glancing at your roster. Yeah. I wouldn't say you're like, you know, you're not like a, you're not like a cheat, cheat sheet in terms of just picking all the best players, but you're stacked from, from <laughs> yeah. first line to third pairing. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It would have been, it, it would have been disgusting really to, to, to see that. that are team. we, are we talking 130 points oh. for, for Panarin or for McKinnon or for, for both, for both <laughs> because it's they could both much. score. They could both pass. Yeah. Where, oh yeah. And, you know, you get the right goaltending. This team is possibly outdoing what the Lightning did last year. It's very, very possible if he's on. And what would have been scarier than anything is, like, the power play. Oh, my God. That, the power that play. Would've... That's why I, I said, like, what Western Conference could have taken him. I don't care if he went yeah. to Vancouver <laughs> or Arizona. Like, Yeah. And uh, if, if there's one area that the Avalanche do need to improve on, it's that. So he, he would have, you know, that would have been fixed overnight if he signed with them. But, you know, he went where he went and it kind of showed me or told me he wanted a stage. He wanted to play on a big stage. He went, like you said, he went there for less money. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think he wanted, uh, yeah, you're, you're coming, you're, you're leaving Columbus. Um, and while, you know, Denver, Colorado is a big city in terms of hockey, it's not the biggest market. He mm -hmm. wanted the market to go to. So, okay. Well, I mean, that might all change now with the, the, the new CBA and the, the owners and the players working together to promote the game. You know, you could yeah. see, you could very well see Nathan McKinnon billboards, not only all over Colorado, but, you know, in the neighboring oh, sure. states. Um, 
you know, that's how do you feel? How wide open do you think this is? Are we going to see like super teams now in the NHL? I don't know. I think about that all the time with like how the NBA is just how I I think about that too. How would that even work? You know, because like, Like I mean, you have you have like a mini one up in Toronto with Marner, Tavares, and Matthews, Bear, and you know, I mean, it would you would have to get everybody kind of thinking like Panarin to take less money. The money's just not there. Yeah, to get all these guys in the same team, it's just you'd have to get those guys together to say like, you know, guys that haven't won a cup and say, all right, let's do it the cheap route, and this is how we can get a cup. You know, people aren't going to like it, but let's take $5 million well, a year. Just so. Well, the Red Wings kind of did that. They kind of became the destination for players kind of on the back end of their, their careers just wanting a cup. You know, they had Luke Robitaille. They had Brett Hull. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that could possibly kind of be like a new thing. Granted, I mean, I don't think players these days, especially now with all the money that's going through hockey, um, I don't think they're going to take less money. I don't think, like, you're uh. going to see – like a like a Joe Thornton, you know, take less money or I mean his contract's gonna be up already, but I'm saying like if he had the choice of getting more money in San Jose or possibly winning a cup on like right. a, a two million dollar deal or something ridiculous like that, I think he's taking the money. Cause nothing right. nothing's ever guaranteed, especially in hockey. We saw it with the Lightning last year. We saw it with the Wild a couple years ago when they yeah. won the conference and blew it in the first round. Yeah, exactly. It's um, a little bit different in basketball. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's it's one right. of those things. Yeah. Right. Um, but now, to 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 just to yeah. backtrack a little bit and, and answer your question on the uh, assume you know that assuming the heart is going to be because uh, when are they announcing that? I believe it's going to be right before the Stanley Cup Finals because okay. that's where they're doing the Vezina. So I'd assume they're all yeah. doing it at once. Yeah. So I mean, and and who knows if the the Ted Lindsay is a microcosm of what the Hart Trophy could be. But just talking about like the Ted Lindsay Award, could uh, Panarin get that? Yeah, I, I'm really interested interested to see where the voting goes um, for the Ted Lindsay and for the Hart, um, because you you it's one of those things where you definitely can make an argument for all three of those guys. For for Nathan McKinnon, yeah, my argument is yes. A lot of teams play with injuries. Um, the Avalanche played with injuries the entirety of the season. He and he he escaped right up until the end. He was hurt going into the break, or not the break, the suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, so he lucked out in that aspect. He was going to be out for a few weeks. So um, what he did with all of those guys, it was a re- revolving door of just injuries. Um, now the argument could be made for Drysaitel that he lost the ultimate player in Connor McDavid for a little mm-hmm. while and he continued to do the same thing so that's where the term value comes in like it's not just best player it is value um yeah and all those guys have in, incredible value to their team so I think it's yeah. going to be a pretty close race I really I, do I think the only thing that maybe works in the favor of McKinnon and Dreisaitl is that regardless of if they you know canceled the season when they did or played it out fully those two teams were still making the playoffs the rangers were on the bubble and right. the other, and granted yeah they were on a roll i remember then but still who knows they could have easily gone on a on a rough patch to end the season and could have missed it by a point exactly um so but it, i think a lot of people i saw the one thing is that well without panarin they wouldn't have even had a chance to have a chance you know <laughs> 
Right. So, which I mean, it is kind of a stretch, but yeah. um, <laughs> now the Lady Bing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on like the the real? Obviously, that goes towards you know the the most gentlemanly conduct, aka the less you know the 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 least amount of penalty minutes and you know all that stuff. Um, what? How much of an importance is that towards you? You know, granted, um, it is impressive that McKinnon only had twelve penalty minutes, which I dude, I didn't know. I, I look at his stats all the time, and for some reason, I just skipped over penalty minutes all the time. I, he's a he is a, you know, nose to the grindstone player. He doesn't take crap from anybody. Um, so to only have twelve penalty minutes really shocked me. He he he's a hard nosed player. Um, and the thing that kind of it, I, I was shocked that he was even nominated for it. And I know it, a lot of it goes of off of penalty minutes, um, but he. He's kind of a son of a bitch when he's playing. Like oh yeah, he, he he lets the refs have it. Uh, he plays fair. He's not a cheap shot artist yeah. by any, at all. Um, but he he doesn't let the refs escape like his wrath when he wants to. And I think that should come into play when it comes to the Lady Bing Award. Yeah. Um, so that kind of surprised me a little bit. I don't think he'll win that one. Um, I believe Ryan O'Reilly is up for that. Yeah, and Matthews. And I, and I, I just feel like when Ryan O'Reilly's career is done, it's going to be renamed the Ryan O'Reilly award. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's like one of the most polite players in the league. <laughs> he really is. He, he, is. he, he lays out a bed sheet before he hits you on the ice. <laughs> ask you if you're tucked in. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I don't anticipate that one, but um, here I am thinking that McKinnon hopefully will win the Lindsay and the Hart, and he'll probably lose both of those and win the Lady Bing. They'll probably go in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you know what? That's it's always nice to have the best player on your team, um, and especially win a trophy. I mean, I it's a good sign. You know, you have if you if you have two players on your team, not only winning the quote unquote MVP award, but also the, um, the 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 rookie of the year award. To where you know you have something that you have right now that is great and then you also have something you're going to look forward to for right. many years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, so I think that's a good place to stop for today. And uh, like I said, tomorrow will be the fourth and final installment of uh, this conversation I had with Adam. Great, great guy. Very knowledgeable. Loves hockey, as you can see. So... Um, I, I, man, the more I think about that Panarin possibility, I almost wish I could have been like a bug in Nathan McKinnon's ear, just being like, try harder, try harder. And I'm sure he was trying as hard as he possibly could to get him to come to Colorado. Um, but you know, it, it begs the question, what other players has he tried to recruit that didn't work out? If any, I don't know. Um, but man, if they could have landed him in Denver, I don't, I don't think there'd be any doubt who the favorite is. Cause right now it's a, I mean, it's a toss up for everybody because of the, you know, the four month break. If there was no break, you'd probably say Boston in the East. Uh, maybe Tampa would be thrown in there. I think your top four would be the top four teams right now in, in the, with the top two teams in each division between Boston, Tampa, St. Louis and, and uh, Colorado. Maybe because the Flyers were playing pretty well, they might be thrown in there, but who knows? We'll never know. Pretty much everybody is starting from scratch. So, uh, but yeah, the Panarin thing, I might live with that one for a little while just because of the the what-if possibility. So, But he went where he went. 
had a great season, and obviously he's up for the heart and the Ted Lindsay, just like Nathan McKinnon. So, okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be it for today. One more to go, and that will be tomorrow. We will see you then. If there's any other updates on Camel Car or anybody else involving the Avalanche, we're definitely going to be talking about that here. So until then, stay safe, and here is Jovi. Go, Abs, go!